Well, hello. Welcome to and or back to the Jet Real Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Trees, but you know that, or you should. And this episode, we're going to be discussing making horses your career. Um, you know, I kind of put my toe in the water with this one, and um, I've done it as my my main source of income for a, over a year now, and I wanted to discuss it with you guys. So I am going to talk about how I got into it, my experience, my take on it, um, what I've learned from it, and uh, some. I'm going to answer some questions from you guys. So um, yeah, just tune in, you know, get pop in your, your headphones and clean your house or clean your stall or go on a trail ride, do something, and uh Listen to me ramble. <laughs> okay, let's jump into it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So first, I guess, an explanation of what exactly that is is required. Um, So essentially, it's so hard to describe because... I wouldn't necessarily label myself a trainer, but I am, (laughs) but not like super professional certified, like the best you're ever going to find. Um, but essentially, um, my boss, Sonny, who is just an amazing, wonderful individual. And, um, I work for her, um, she has a bunch of horses and she was like, Hey, can you ride them? And I said, sure. And so, uh, that's what I do. I ride them. Um, a lot of them are mostly either horses that she's rescued or, um, off the track thoroughbreds that she either bred or claimed or rescued or what have you. Um, so lots of baby green thoroughbreds that need to go from ground up and, um, What I do, uh, or what I've been doing for the past year, essentially, is just riding these horses daily, um, putting in mileage for them, Um, lots of time in the saddle, just maybe teaching them how to jump or do some pull work, basic walk-trot stuff, Um, and, you know, some of them, um, I don't, have I taken one to a show yet? I don't think I have. Um, for one reason or another, the horse either sold through a shoe the week before, um, me or Sonny was sick. I, there were a bunch of circumstances that just came up that just really screwed us last year for wanting to show. Um, but we're hoping that this spring or at least this fall, we'll be able to show some of the beans. Um, 
So, yeah, and um, she does a lot of rehoming, and I know some people are a little bit icky about um, sales barns and stuff, but it's it's not really a sales barn. It's more of a private thing. Um, you know, Sunny has tons of horses out here. Like I said, she's pro- I think the last time we did a head count, it was around 50, and a lot of them are in their 20s, their 30s. We have one horse that's in his 40s, and... Um, like they just live out their lives here. They have great, wonderful lives. A lot of them have bowed tendons or health issues that don't allow them to be ridden. Um, you know, so it's a forever home for a lot of horses, but, um, you know, the young, healthy ones that are intelligent and, um, you know, could make somebody super happy. Um, we want to help them along with that. And we, make sure that the people are the right fit for the horse and we take a lot of care in that and uh, we've been lucky so far that we've only attracted the right kind of people um i think you can always tell <laughs> like who you're buying from or um that sort of thing but anyway really fun um situation uh sounded like when i first started it so um yeah i think that that pretty much covers it i mean uh obviously i do a lot of positive reinforcement work and we have uh one horse out here that i talked about in the first season of this podcast named juno um and she came from a really bad background and like still has a really hard time with human interaction and um i took some time off from working with her because depression and i will talk about that in a moment um but uh that's also part of my job is to work with her so um my job description i guess is uh i always say an exercise writer slash trainer um i try to do some rehabilitative work with like juno and um then some others i do a lot of traditional ish work, um, I guess you would call it just like kind of getting on and hacks around, um, and just like basic walk trot stuff and, um, that sort of thing, helping them over fences, blah, blah, blah. So exercise rider slash trainer slash catch rider at shows, etc. So that's what I do. Um, and I get paid to do it. That's every little girl's dream. <laughs> it's just paid to ride horses. Um, I don't make a lot of money at it. Um, it is also up to me how much money I make, depending on how much work I put in, which, um, I don't recommend doing, (laughs) like, I really don't recommend, um, being, like, I mean, I don't know, I guess some people, um, it depends on your personality type. I thought that I would be very good at that, but it is really difficult for me to, um, in my circumstance, uh go, go work. Um, but I'll talk about that in a moment, getting ahead of myself as per usual. Um, but yeah, so how did I get this job? I, um, I've been riding with Sunny, God, I don't, I don't know how long, it's probably been like five, six, seven years, something like that. Um, it's been a long time that I've known Sunny and I always kind of knew her from a distance because for a while I boarded at a barn, rode with a different trainer and I knew she rode with my last trainer, um, and then I switched to the same trainer that she rode under, and then we started seeing each other at shows more, um, but she's, I believe, 20 years older than me, so, um, I, like, just didn't really, you know, like, when I was, like, I don't know, 
14, I, like, didn't, I was awkward and didn't really, like, interact with anybody that wasn't my age or that I didn't already know. Um, so then as I got older and I, like, decided not to be a weirdo, um, me and Sunny got closer and I loved her and, um, she offered me rides on, um, like, just over the years while, you know, uh, Bo, my last horse, uh, when he was lame, she offered me the ride on Ghosty and Dudley and Zoe, and um, those were all three, the the green beans that I got started on with uh, working with young thoroughbreds, and um, Zoe obviously became mine, and when she was out for a little bit, I worked with Bubbles, and um, yeah, so... I, I worked, like, I worked with a lot of horses for her, um, but she would always, like, send them to the barn that I was staying at, and, um, just sort of, like, you know, she'd pay board and show fees and stuff like that, and I would just ride the horse because I wanted to ride, and I liked working with young horses, so it was a win-win for me. (laughs) I didn't have to pay for the show fee, and I got to ride the horse, so, um, I didn't get paid for that or anything, um, and then... So I was working, um, at like a small chiropractic office at the time, uh, the lady that I knew that also worked on horses and I, um, you know, I talked to Sunny every now on the phone because she and I both are like super long conversationalists. Case in point, I can sit here and talk for an hour by myself without another person. So I like to talk, um, but, uh, she used to call and we would just talk and like tell stories and discuss ideologies and horses and stuff like that. And it's just like really fun to sort of shoot the shit that way. And then, um, you know, one day she just threw out and she was like, I would really love to have you come work for me. Cause I was going to the university of Arkansas at Little Rock at the time. And I was, um, so it's like an hour away from where I am now. And, um, she was like, she was like, you could, cause I hated Euler and I really wanted to leave that school and I wasn't really happy at my job at the chiropractic office, um, for reasons that are irrelevant at the moment. Um, but I just, I didn't, didn't, didn't like my situation. And, um, you know, I had gotten into college. I was still living at my parents' house cause it was only like 15 minutes. So it didn't make sense for me to like live in a dorm or anything like that. So, um, I just, uh, really wanted to get out. I wanted to experience college and like do the thing, you know? And so when Sunny was like, I want you to come work for me. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But like, I'd have to transfer schools. Where would I live? Blah, blah, blah. Very stressed. Um, but then we actually started like entertaining it a little bit. And she was like, you could come live up here and go to Henderson and you could stay at my house with my family. And, um, you could just work for me. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And so I got in touch with Henderson all about transferring, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I just want you to come work for me and ride on my horses. Cause I don't have time to ride them all. And, um, her last person that worked here and fed all the horses and rode and all of that. Um, she <laughs> got married and moved to Ireland on a big horse breeding farm. It's really cool. Um, but, um, also to be clear, I don't feed the horses. Um, there are some other people that work here that also live on site in the house, um, that, 
feed the horses, but I fill in for them sometimes when they need some time off. Um, cause that job gets old feeding every single morning, every single night. So you, you can't take a day off cause you're sick or because, um, you know, it's a holiday. You have to <laughs> feed the animals. So, um, they appreciate that I'm here. So, um, I can fill in for them sometimes, but, um, yeah. So anyway, we talked about that and then I was like, I started thinking about it and I had a boyfriend at the time and I was like, mm, living in your house with your old man husband and your young man son, mm, I don't know about all that. And, um, we talked about it and she was like, yeah, that's probably not going to work. We're probably have to going to find you. I'm uh, going to have to find you. Wow. Going to have to, um, probably need to find an apartment or see if you can get into a dorm or something. And I was like, God, it just really sucks to live in a dorm. And, um, I was like, but I mean, I guess it's better than that. Um, and Sonny was like, well, um, never mind. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Say what you need to say, baby. And she was like, um, well, she was like, no, I just, I don't even want to like get your hopes up. And I was like, no, 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 say, say, say it. And she was like, um, she was like, well, you know, those tiny house things. And I like, my heart jumped into my throat. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is exciting. And so, um, she was like, uh, maybe we could just like look at some of those and like see prices and like how it would work logistically. And if we could do something like that, and then we could just put it at the farm and you could just live at the farm. And I was like, Yes, let's let's definitely. That is the choice. Uh, yes, lock it in, Steve. And um, I don't know who Steve is. I'm just, it's fine. And so she talked to her husband about it, and that's what they did. And um, you know, the plan is that whenever I leave here, whoever fills in my position will move in. Or um, Sunny has a friend that um, is probably going to be retiring soon and lives very minimalistically and would love to live here and would be a good help around the farm, etc. So, um, either that or the, another employee, like I said. Um, but for the moment, um, that's, that's what, that's how it came to be. And then, um, Zoe colicked and, um, she had to stay at the vets for two weeks. And in that two weeks, I got everything I needed so that when I brought her home, I could bring her straight here. And then I would already be in my house so that I could, um, like do night checks on her and make sure she was okay and settling in fine. Um, so that's, that's what I did. I moved in and I have been here ever since. And oh my goodness, the taste of freedom. Wonderful. <laughs> Love it. I will never go back. Um, but wow, have we realized that we have a massive OCD streak. <laughs> it's, it's not good. I'm a little bit, little bit uh, neurotic about the things needing to be clean. And it stresses me out once, but it's fun. I'm going to take a drink of water. I feel like I have to like alert people to the fact that I'm going to do that. So I'm not just like pausing for a long time. Hold. Um, so anyway, moved out here, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, now we're, we're doing a thing. Um, I was, I moved out here like right before I started my fall semester at Henderson. So I was working a lot of horses. I can't even remember who all we had. We had Beauty, Twinkie, Cricket, uh, Beastyle came later, Dave, um, am I forgetting anybody? 
Yeah, I think that's it. But now the ones in my rotation. Well, we had Beast Out and then he sold. And um, we had Baby for a little while. And uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, we've had so many different horses. But anyway, uh, now we have Juno and Ruler and Maze who are probably going to be my, my main focus. So I feel like I'm not close enough to the microphone and I don't know how to rectify that because it's quite, so my setup today is not fantastic. I'm still working out the kinks on how I want to do this. Um, I'll just sit closer to the microphone for your convenience. Um, but yeah, so anyway, long story short, I work with a lot of horses and, um, in all of that, I started doing positive reinforcement and working with Zoe and um, doing it quite a bit with some of the other horses. Uh, of course, Mac. I totally forgot about him. I suck. Um, Mac, my little baby boy. Um, and all of them pretty much sold. That's also my job description. I get that commish if I sell the beans. Um, and... Uh, Make sure that they get put in contact with the the good people. Um, and so far, all of them have gone to great homes. And st- stay in contact with most of them, I think. Um, at least Sunny does. But, um, yeah, so that's what I do. I ride. I live on the farm. Um, Zoe's right off my front porch. It's wonderful. And, um, yeah, I have some thoughts about it. So, uh, I'm, I'm let me run through some pros real fast. So obviously some advantages to living on site and, um, writing, it's a bit different than a working student position, like traditionally, um, because usually you live on site and you're working like all day long. That's all you're doing. Um, a lot of people I think either do online school or just like, don't, uh, get higher ed or anything like that. Um, and so it's like all you do all day long. Um, for me, it's whenever I have time and, um, Sunny is super laid back. So, I mean, it's, it's also, um, easy to take for granted, um, which falls in the, uh, con column. Um, but so it's nice to have my horse here. I don't have to drive to go see her. Um, so I don't have that commute to worry about, um, and factor in to work and stuff. And, um, I'm very hands-on with what she's eating, um, how she's doing. I see her every single day. Um, and for the control freak in me, that is wonderful. And also the worried mother and all the other horses that I work with, I constantly know if they have, if they're missing a shoe, if they're sick, I see them every single day. So I'm like, very aware of their conditions and, um, you know, their behavior. And we've made a lot of changes, uh, to their feed due to my suggestion. Um, just because of like, I'm here all the time and I've noticed, um, you know, things that people don't notice if they're not in constant interaction with the horses. So, um, and you know, it's, it's also really helpful for my boss cause I live up here at the barn. Like, um, Flit and Misty, um, two horses that we've got. Flit, I think, had the flu, and Misty came from a kill pen, so having to um, give them antibiotics and stuff, like, it's just, it's nice to be up here and be able to do all of that. And um, so, yeah. And also, I mean, you get tons of um, 
tons of experience riding a bunch of different horses. It makes you a well-rounded rider um, or turns you into someone like me who gets very set in their technique and has a hard time adapting to different horses because I'm like, this is the way I ride. You will adapt to me. <laughs> and then I install lots of buttons that other people are like, what is that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it if you do it correctly, um, and I might be shortchanging myself, but I if you do it correctly, you, you learn a lot from the horses and um, you become a very adaptable rider. And um, yeah, so it's very, it's, it's a good, it's a good gig. Um, now the cons for me have sort of, um, outweighed that in a way and made me not so keen to make horses my full on career. Cause there for a little bit, I was like, I want to do positive reinforcement and become a trainer and have my own barn and work with horses in positive reinforcement all day, every day. And, um, positive reinforcement riding, competing, showing, like all of that all the time as a job is um, not something that I can sustain. At least at this point in my life, it's um, my body has indicated to me that that is not something that we can do. Um, So I want to talk about that a little bit. So um, there's this one uh, fun psychological... um, phenomena, if you will, called the over-justification effect. And essentially, um, it, um, I just read about it in my social psych class and I was like, that's exactly it. So essentially it's just like if a kid is like riding their bike every day and they love riding their bike, they get all this like good feeling like freedom and they love it. And it's just, it's fun. It's exhilarating. They have all of these emotions towards it. It's really intrinsically rewarding for them. They give a lot of there's a lot of feelings coming from them that are, um, making them want to keep doing this bike riding behavior. Um, but if you were to start paying the child for this behavior, um, then, um, you know, they have the potential to start justifying the behavior as well. Now I'm doing it because I'm getting paid and somewhere in there, um, it's possible and often, uh, happens that, um, the motivation for doing it shifts. For me, that really happened with YouTube that um, somewhere in, like, because I started, like, before I knew I could make money, I was just making videos because I thought it was fun. And then when I learned I could make money, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I love doing this and I can make money at it. Okay, sick. And then over the past year, I was like, oh my God, I have to get a video up so I can, like, you know, get that shirt that I've been looking at or, um, you know, get groceries or I want to make a special meal this week. So, you know, just like extra stuff. And now that I quit doing that, uh, we eat McDonald's once a day and maybe a $5 little Caesar's pizza. So, um, yeah, rationing now. Um, but, uh, mental health comes first. So physical health here, we're working on that one. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it definitely happens when, um, you have something that you really, really enjoy doing and you do it because you love it and because you want to do it. And that, you know, the act itself is gratifying, but then, um, you know, if you get an external motivator, say money, um, then sometimes you're like, oh my God, you start dreading it. Play becomes work. And, um, that also sort of happened to me with, um, horses And, um, there were a lot of, um, factors that went into, um, why I wasn't riding so much. And, um, 
you know, why it became less a priority for me. A, we sold a bunch of the horses that I had been riding regularly. So um, instead of having five horses to ride a week, um, and often a lot of them were like four time a weekers, um, it went down to like one or two horses that I needed to work with. And um, so it just, it, it became less of like a glaring, you need to do this. And, um, so I sort of backed off and I was also dealing with my personal drama and, um, you know, like depression shit and just generally trying to, my main focus was I'm just trying to use what little energy I do have to get through school and, um, figure out how I can fix my mental situation. And, um, you know, coming out on the backside of that, because, um, objectively, I think a lot of, um, or that depressive episode has subsided. Um, for those of you who keep up with me and have listened to the few depression episodes I've made, um, and like, mind you, this, like, it must seem so interesting. I always wonder what, um, people like, what their perception is. Um, because like, just, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, I was making episodes like, I swear this isn't the depression podcast, but that was like a really, um, relevant topic for me at the time. And now, um, I am all of a sudden just not, and that is how depression works. But I'm so glad that it is all of a sudden just not because, um, that episode had been going on since like July last year. So it's, it's almost been a year that I, well, I'm, I like to round with months, but, um, it's been, it's been quite a few months that I've been dealing with that. Um, so glad that it feels like it's subsiding. At least I haven't felt it in the past couple of days and I'm really happy about it. And I went to therapy in my most recent time and, um, my therapist was like, I don't have anything to say to you. She was like, you like normally I have a list of things that I need to discuss with you. I do not right now. And, um, so yeah, I was talking to her about this too and the over justification effect and stuff like that. And she was like, I think that that is a really good point. And sometimes, you know, things that you love, you're like, obviously I would, you know, the expressions are like, you know, love what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. And, um, you know, everyone wants to get paid to do the things that they love. Um, but I think that there is a balance with that. Um, and unless you can be absolutely sure that, um, you'll be able to keep it from becoming a work thing. Um, I would, I would just advise people to seriously consider that because that's not something that anybody ever said to me. And, um, I don't think it's something that a lot of people consider because it seems like a simple A plus B equals C thing, you know, something you love plus money equals win-win. It's just, two rights make a better right. (laughs) And, um, but what can actually happen is, um, at least in my case, and I feel like I'm not trying to discourage people from doing things that they enjoy. I just want to say that it is something to consider that, um, I would dip your toe in before going all in, um, if possible, um, that it is possible that if you do what you love, you will stop loving it. (laughs) And, um, what it took for me was almost a year of, not doing it anymore. I stopped riding. I stopped working with the horses. I mean, I would go play with Zoe every now and again or sit on her to take some pictures or, um, the guilt would finally overwhelm me and I would go out and, uh, mess around with her Mac or whoever, maybe lunge one of them. And just like it, it was all because I felt like I really had to instead of I wanted to. 
And I just wasn't motivated to do it at all because, and like working for money wasn't even motivating me to do it. And so what finally happened is taking that year off, um, finally my internal motivation came back and it just came back organically on its own. Like I kind of just woke up and was like, oh my God, I'm inspired to like work with horses again. I, I want to think about them. I want to read books about them. I want to take in some info. I want to revamp my website and talk about it on Instagram and uh, film videos again. And um, I'm sure that's a very confusing thing to watch for other people. But um, I just, I that's how my brain works sometimes. I just need to take a breather and um, sit out for a second and then I can come back and then we're good. And that's how it's always been with horses for me. Um, you know, I always lose motivation, but it's always for like, you know, a week or a month or so, and then it's back. Um, and I've always known that about myself, but, uh, this pastime was kind of scaring me because it took a really long time. And I think it's because I mixed in, uh, the work factor, which is new. And, um, yeah, I just, it became something that I dreaded doing because I was like, oh my God, I have to go to work. It felt just like doing homework. I really didn't want to. And, um, I'm still fighting through that quite a bit. Um, it just, it feels like I have to do, not a want to do. So, um, I just, I would caution, um, people interested in making horses their career that, um, that can happen. And, um, I would have either a plan in place, um, to kind of combat that and, um, you know, make it easier on yourself or make it, um, something that you can still like keep working so you don't starve. Um, you know, cause I still have mom and dad to lean on a bit. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm making some not so hot decisions in terms of the workforce by not working. Can you help? Um, but in a few years when I'm on my own, you know, after I get my master's, I'm not going to be able to do that no more. And I don't like doing it now. It's very embarrassing and that's not how I was raised. So it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not good. I don't like asking for money. Um, so anyway, I'm back on the horse, so to speak, and physically at the moment. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like that is a really, um, I don't know. That's just not a talked about thing. And when I mentioned that in therapy that I think, um, and you know, I used to talk to my, um, horsey friends about this back in the day. I was like, I'm just really worried that if I make horses my career, I'm going to lose my passion for it and I'm going to hate it. And, um, you know. I got this opportunity and I got really excited. So I kind of disregarded that worry that I'd had for a while and just went ahead and did it anyway. And I'm, I'm so glad I did because I've learned so much from it. But at the same time, it's like that, that is something that I know now. Um, and you know, I always say it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. And, um, you know, I definitely don't count this as a mistake. Even if you learn that you don't like the thing, like I did. I don't like making horses my career. I don't like working, um, or riding for money. Um, I would rather just ride the horses because I feel like it. <laughs> and I know that's such like a laissez-faire, like, I don't know, first world thing to say, but, um, I, I don't know. I just, I would rather just keep horses as my hobby and, um, love them and, you know, ride them because it's an escape instead of another thing I have to do. Um, and not necessarily that I need to escape from life, but just like, 
take a break from the people things and, you know, drama, school pressure, money, worries, and everything, and just, like, enjoy horses and nature and getting back in touch with all of those things. And I lost sight of all of that when I was like, oh my god, I have to drag my ass outside and go get on a horse for 20 minutes and then go get on another one and go catch another one and then ride it and clean tack and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I just, I think that it's, it's something to really consider, um, if you're wanting to make horses your career, potentially. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't happen to everybody, I'm sure. Um, but it's something that I've never heard anybody talk about, and I'm sure that this doesn't only apply to, um, horse careers. I'm sure it applies across the board, um, that if something that you really love, that's always been a passion of yours, that, um, you know, you just love doing for the hell of doing it, um, that when you, (laughs) you know, when you make it a career, sometimes, uh, you lose sight of why you love it in the first place. And, uh, like I said, the same thing happened with YouTube and now I'm making videos because I want to. And, um, there have been thoughts that have crossed my mind that have been like, well, you should do this so that you can make some money off of it. And then I'm like, you know, we're not doing that because I'm walking the fine line. And the same thing happened with Instagram. Instagram, I was posting every single day and uh, it was mandatory and I hated it. I was so over it. And finally, like, I just couldn't bring myself to post every day. And I was lucky if I could like force myself to post every four days. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I just like avoided it like the plague. And, um, now I'm back, but I am forcing myself not to post every single day, forcing myself to post pictures that I want to post that may not be the highest quality images, but because I like them and talking about things that I actually believe in and things that are true for me and, um, what I'm doing with my horse and my thoughts and where I'm at. And instead of pandering so much, oh my God, I'm so, I cannot, I just don't have the energy for that anymore. I just want to do me. I want to be selfish right now and I want to enjoy my horse. I want to post about that and I want to film it and have fun and not worry about, um, making money. And, um, you know, I've still had brands reach out to me that want to work with me and, um, some of them pay, some of them I think are cool products and I want to try them out. So I'm gonna make a post about them. And I think that that's fine. Um, but I'm being very, very careful not to say yes to everything, not to post just because, um, I feel like I need to, um, or anything like that. So I'm just, just throwing it out there. Like, of course, when you have a career, you're going to end up doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. Um, I realize that that is, (laughs) that is the reality. Um, but I just, I would really hate for a lot of people to, um, you know, want to go into the horse world and then face this awful disillusionment where you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like, I wish I had just like kept my one horse. That was all of my focus. And I had this deep, intimate connection with them. Cause like the horses that I ride for training and stuff, like I don't have, I mean, I have a connection with them, but it's nowhere near what it is with Zoe. Um, like, I feel like I can anticipate Zoe. I can feel her. And, um, you know, when she's reacting to something, like I, I just, I know I have a weird intuition about her because I know her so well. The other horses, I don't, I don't really know them and I, it's not really, um, my place to get to know them because they're going to leave. So it's like, I just kind of keep them at arm's length and do my job and then call it a day. Ah, there's a 
ladybug on me, but it's not a ladybug. Ah, that scared me. I didn't like it. Don't like bugs. <laughs> Don't like them, and it was crawling. Ugh. Anyway. So, yeah, those are the things. Um, I just, again, I really don't want to caution anybody who's, like, dead set on, like, riding horses. But I think that it is something to consider that, um, you know, if you tend to, you know, get bored with things, I would pick a career that is something that you're interested in and that you, like, would enjoy doing but isn't your, like, diehard passion that you want to invest all of your free time into, because um, I think combining the two can sometimes um, do what it did to me. And like I said, it's not everybody making your passion your career is not horrible. There's a reason the cliche is that do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Because I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. I don't know about for Gil. You know, that's subject to change in the future. I'm just warning and talking about where I'm at now. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm going for psychology. I um, After I graduate in the spring... Uh, or in May, I guess I should say, then um, this fall, I'm going to be going into the Master's of Clinical Mental Health Counseling, and um, I'll be staying here in, um, at least for the first year, I bet, um, and pursuing that. And I love psychology. I'm wildly interested in just about every facet of it. Um, you know, the therapy facet, the operant conditioning and behaviorist, like, learning theory facet, um, criminal facet, all of those things, all routes that I've, um, considered in one way or another. And, um, I decided that mental health counseling is what I want to do professionally. Um, if not that, then I might do that for a little bit and then start teaching it. Cause I think I would really enjoy teaching, um, learning theory and stuff like that. Um, but beyond that, I don't know, like, I just, I, I know that that is a really interesting field for me and I'm passionate about it, but it's not my passion, if that makes sense. Horses are, they always have been. It's my, like, I don't know. It used to be the thing that really got me up in the morning, made me feel so good to go out at like 7 a.m. and ride when the sun's coming up and just like start my day off like that. It's just so, so incredible. And I don't get to do that, um, these days because waking up is difficult, but, um, like, I don't know. I just, I want, I want that passion to stay that passion. And so I'm going to protect it at all costs by, you know, backing off a little bit from it being my career path. Um, you know, obviously I'm still going to work here. I'm still going to work with the horses, but, um, it's just, it's not going to be as hard and heavy as it used to be. Um, and also helps that we don't have a ton of horses anymore. But the point of making this podcast episode was to tell you guys about that experience and, um, you know, just present that idea. Cause like I said, I wish somebody had said that to me, I thought it, but nobody ever like confirmed it. And I recommend that you guys look into the over justification effect and that change in motivation. Um, because sometimes it's just, you're it, the behavior's over justified. You were doing it just because you loved it. And now you're doing it because you love it and there's money. And then you're like, well, which is it? And then sometimes it shifts to just money and then it becomes problematic para you. Spanish is not great. So ignore that. Um, anyway, now I think I have covered the pros and the cons, how I did it, what I do and, um, my thoughts. So now I'm going to answer some questions from you guys. I asked you guys on the jet Equitheory Instagram, um, so <laughs> does it pay enough? I think that it could. Um, I mean, obviously every, um, you know, 
working student position or I don't really know what to call what I do because it's not a working student position. Um, but, um, I am paid by however much I do. Um, the problem is with what I do, um, I can't make enough hours in a day, um, to have like a regular, like nine to five, um, pay. So I'm going to go with no, but for a part-time job, it's pretty good. Um, and also like being on my own schedule. It's, I mean, that's, uh, valuable in and of itself. Um, do you feel like the thing you love turned into work and you didn't love it anymore? Yes. That is the entire point of this episode. Um, that's absolutely what happened. Um, sorry, I'm having to filter through some of these questions that are, um, not in regards to what I asked. Gosh, guys, come on. Um, advice I would give to someone who wants to start a horse career, where to start, what to do, etc. Um, obviously, um, from my personal experience, I think that it can be very difficult to get into this, um, industry. Um, it worked for me because I had the connection already with Sunny. Um, so it wasn't like, I mean, she just respected my writing and was like, Hey, I like you. I think you're dependable. Let's do this. Um, little did she know. Um, but yeah, I actually feel really bad about it, but it's fine. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but I think, um, where to start is just like, ask around, start asking people, you know, that, you know, have maybe a bunch of horses or around your barn. Like if you're busy, here's my number. Um, you can watch me ride. If you let me ride your horse, maybe I, we can work out like a deal where I ride them a few times a week for you. And then you can pay me, um, if you don't have time, like some busier people at the barn or something. Um, you know, there are things you can do with that just to get some more experience on a bunch of different horses. Um, or I mean, you don't even have to get paid. I mean, you could just be like, can I ride your horse a few days a week? Um, but yeah, some people are judgy about that. I don't know. Just throw it out there. Um, I wouldn't let anybody do that, but (laughs) I think that some people would. And, um, yeah, so just get some experience under your belt. Um, I would read a lot of books. I would watch what a lot of people, um, you know, older than you that have done it well are doing and, um, maybe try and ask them, you know, get, get in with that. See if you can follow their footsteps. Um, I'm sure at some point for some of you in Arkansas in the next few years, this job will be open. So (laughs) hang around, see. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What it's like with depression and working with a horse. You don't have to um, do this one, but just say happy birthday, Candy. If you see this, thank you so much. Happy birthday. Um, And um, I don't know. I'm really hesitant to be like, I have depression um, because I don't like identifying with it. I don't like making it a part of who I am. That's a lot of um, what I've done in therapy. Um, but I do recognize that it is something that, um, happens to me sometimes and, um, sometimes the circumstances just make my body say, hey, hold on, we need a reset, my dude. Um, it is really hard. Uh, I think it's one thing to, um, you know, be dealing with a depressive episode and needing to make an Excel spreadsheet versus getting dressed and going outside and catching a horse, tacking it up 
writing it and then all of the stuff that follows, I think it is a lot more difficult with such an active um, career. But I also think that it can be potentially helpful for depression because it gets you out and you're doing stuff, you're moving, you're getting endorphins and adrenaline going, you're like making your brain do stuff. Um, so I think that it could be, it has its pros and cons like anything. Um, but I think that it can be really difficult to like make yourself do it. And uh, like one of the biggest, um, hurdles that I have is I'm very alone here. Um, and a lot of the working student positions that are at most barns, there are several working students. So you're all like in it together and helping each other and like, um, stuff like that. But here it's, it's all me. So it's really hard hold myself accountable (laughs) when not only do I not want to do it but I also have a bunch of other stuff to do so I'm glad that the wanting to do it has returned because geez (laughs) um what is your job explain that one how did I get into horses I've loved them since the day I entered this world um so how the money and pay works. Um, so I don't know, I can't speak on every, you know, every one's setup, but for me, I, um, usually get paid on every Friday. Um, but (laughs) when you haven't been working, I'm not going to make my boss write me a check for $9. So, um, yeah, so I get paid, um, hourly and then, um, you know, just at the end of every week, I add up my hours and then she does some math and then she writes me a check. But, um, I don't know how it works for everybody else. Um, I think people just tend to see an answer, like ask me a question box and they just like, don't read the question that (laughs) I needed them to answer. Um, how did I get to the level of training I'm at? Um, hoping that is pertaining to the career thing. Um, I started eventing or I started writing when I was like seven, just about to turn eight and then started eventing at like 10, I think. And then, um, worked my way up through training level on horse number two and then three and then four. And, um, that would be Zobird, by the way. And so, yeah, I had that. And then I had all that experience, um, working with other people's horses. So I was a pretty versatile rider, um, and just able to get on anything really. And, um, so yeah. And I mean, I'm not trying to brag. I mean, I did that work for a reason. (laughs) Um, so, um, that's, that's what I would say. I also put a lot of time and effort into my education. Um, and a lot of that came from, like sitting down and reading very long sort of boring books that made very good points, um, attending clinics, um, and that sort of thing. And just being very conscientious of my writing and trying to improve all the time instead of just like getting on the horse and being like, okay, I'm going to keep doing the same thing forever. Um, so that is that. Um, how do I keep everything organized? Like what I'm doing with my day, and what day, etc. I have two calendars. I have one calendar to keep track of, um, the horses, like, you know, who I ride, um, and when my schedule is less crazy with school, I, um, usually, like, plan out what I'm gonna, who I'm gonna ride for the week, um, but with school, it's changes every week, so it's really difficult to know, um, 
like what who I can ride or work with during the week um but yeah and I also have a whiteboard that has the days of the week on it that I that's usually what I fill out the tentative schedule on and then um my other calendar is for school so I don't know it might not be the best idea to have two separate calendars but whatever (laughs) um I look at them both often enough so that's how I stay organized um that's an interesting song choice that my brain chose i'm sorry about that um how to find motivation to push through the boring aspects of education to get to the good fun bits um just not looking forward to undergrad i just want to skip to masters also how you feel knowing so much about the online horse audience's literal children okay um So that is an example of a question that I read aloud as I was reading it for the first time. (laughs) Um, So not entirely related. However, I will answer it. Um, uh, It's it's difficult undergrad, at least for psychology. Psychology undergrad is literally just here's the history of psychology and here's all the people that started it. Um, it literally has zero things to do with like applications. So, um, master's programs are normally more personally tailored to your career and like where you're going with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just, you got to keep pushing on, keep that goal. Um, I just, what I do is every week I make a list of all of the things that I have to do and I try to get all that stuff done as early as possible. Um, so that's what keeps my motivation up. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I want to get it done so I can have like a bunch of free time, um, to ride at the end of the week and just not have to worry about school. So, um, that's one way to do it. Uh, um, and the younger horse audience, I'm glad that a lot of them are younger because that makes them loyal. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, like stuff like this podcast episode, if I'm talking to people that are already in the horse industry, like it doesn't really matter that much, but, um, to younger people who are considering it, like I can be a voice and, um, you know, open the mind to, cause you know, sometimes when you're younger, all you consider is like, oh my God, I love horses. That's the job I want instead of like, okay, what could be the potential negatives? Not that we need to focus on all of the negatives, but it is worth considering, um, some of the cons that come with things. Everything has its pros and cons, so they need to be weighed. Anyway, um, like, did nobody understand my question? I'm very confused. Um, do you think being around horses for so long has made you bored of them? Um, I wouldn't say bored of them. It's just more the lack of motivation thing that we've kind of touched on a few times. Also, that just reminded me, um, something else that I wanted to talk about was, um, I said earlier that, um, with Zoe, it was nice or it's nice having her here. Cause I don't have to make a commute to the barn, but interestingly, I thought about this a, a few weeks ago. I was like, you know, I was always so good about even when I was unmotivated, like in high school and stuff about just going to the barn anyway and riding and making time for my horse. But it was because like I had an allotted amount of time set aside in my day to drive there. And then when I was there, there was nothing else I could do. Like, I mean, I could like do my homework or something, but I went to the barn to work with my horse. So I did that. But when you live here, this environment becomes like, I do my homework and I sleep and I eat and I, you know, watch TV and I get on TikTok for three hours. And so 
um, instead of like, I'm coming here to ride my horse. It, it's just like, I'm, I live here, you know? So it changes your perspective quite a bit. (laughs) And, um, I, I do like, as much as I love living on the same property as my horse, um, that, that definitely does affect your motivation. Cause if you don't have a set out time of the day, um, you know, it's a little bit harder to make sure that you get that done. Um, if I didn't work with horses for a living, what would I do? Um, well, I would probably be working in fast food. Um, it says don't say FBI because that was my career at one point. Um, or my career hopeful, but is no longer. Um, finding motivation to go to the barn and being a full-time college student, especially in winter. So I feel like that kind of ties in with what I was just saying about like setting out time. Um, I think that, cause like, I don't know if everybody does this, but like right before I fall asleep, I really think about like what I'm going to do the next day and, um, you know, kind of laying out my schedule and around what time I'll be able to do what. And I think that that's really helpful. And sometimes I like write it out by the hour on my phone Um, but I think if you can just get yourself to the barn, then you'll probably go ride. I mean, like you're halfway there if you get there. I mean, you're there, you're dressed, your horse is there, just go ride. But, um, I think it's a lot harder when you live with your horse. So put that into perspective and get your butt out there. (laughs) So that's my pep talk. Um, I'm confused by this question. It says, haven't ridden since I got a horse job. How do you work and ride at the same place? I'm confused by that. Also, that bark was a cat jumping down from a table and yelling for zero reason. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I did, and that was a strange sound. Um, I don't... How do you work and ride at the same place? I don't really know how to answer that, because riding is my work. So, at the same... It is... hmm, I I can't work that one out at the moment. Um, Hi! Why are you yelling? Shush. I'm doing a podcast, don't you know? Um, ways to keep working with horses as a job. Fun, something that you may um, regret doing that made you lose motivation or things you'd recommend someone to do to maintain that drive. Um, so ways to keep it fun and maintain your motivation. I think um, the best way to do that is to... Um, I don't know. I mean, just change up your writing, I guess. Um, maybe pick up a new book and get inspired. Um, sometimes getting on Instagram or watching old videos, um, of me writing, it really like, it brings back a lot of memories, a lot of nostalgia and I get really excited and I want to go ride. Um, that's what really helped this pastime. Um, and, uh, yeah, watching a lot of people on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. So, Um, that's motivating for me. And I, and I recognize when I feel motivated and I'm like, Ooh, there it is. Okay, cool. And I like pat myself on the back a little bit for it. I'm like, okay, now let's go, let's go do that again. Let's go find more motivation and just kind of like seeking it out and getting excited and allowing yourself to recognize it and be aware of it and get excited. And also to be aware of when you're not motivated and just be like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. That's fine. It's valid. But what can we do, um, to change it? Like how, and really lack of motivation and boredom comes with monotony. Like they're 
uh, I would almost venture to say mutually exclusive. So um, if you're bored and you're not enjoying what you're doing, it's probably because it's gotten a little monotonous or a little routine. So change it up. Do something different. Um, That's what I used to do. Like when I would ride, you know, and I didn't feel like it, maybe we'd do a bareback ride or go for a trail ride or, um, you know, play knock. Uh, which was a very dangerous but very fun game where you just keep putting the jump up higher and higher and see who doesn't knock it first. I don't recommend that. Um, yes, I do. No, I don't. I want to play that again, but I cannot because responsible. Uh, anyway, um, so those are all of the questions that I have gotten. I'm going to do a quick refresh on this bad boy and make sure that there are no new ones that I would um, enjoy answering. Um, there are not. Rip. Nobody cares about me anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's probably about good because we are at 55 minutes and you guys are probably getting tired of listening to me and, um, I need to go get in bed. Did I shower? I sure did. My hair is wet. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, for the next podcast, I'll figure out how I can sit closer to my microphone because I'm currently hunched over and it's very uncomfortable. And I don't like it. Um, so I keep drifting away. Also, I have a loud voice, so I don't know if that's, if I need to be closer. I don't know. Anyway, I am going to uh, wrap this bad boy up. And I hope to see you guys next Tuesday for the next episode. I hope that this episode was somewhat helpful and educational in the realm of making horses your career. I hope it didn't discourage too much, but simply brought about some healthy discussion in regards to the reality of working with horses as your career. Um, anyway, be sure to follow me on those said social medias, YouTube and Instagram. I can be found at jet Equitheory, as well as this podcast can be found at jet real podcast. Um, I also have my personal Instagram, jill.trees. Be sure to follow that bad boy. I'm on Twitter, jet Equitheory Also, um, this podcast also has a uh, Facebook. Not really sure what happens on that Facebook cause I don't post on it. Um, I think it's connected to my Instagram, so it probably posts the same exact thing that's on my Instagram, but if you want to see it twice, do that. Um, also I have YouTube, Jet Equithery, posting on there, like, maybe once a month. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Um, so there's that. Be sure to subscribe to this and drop a review. It helps boost the podcast and algorithm so more people can find it. Um, so make sure you leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or something. I don't know how all of it works, but I know that it helps. Um, and yeah, share it with a friend. Make sure that they enjoy it and know that I say dumb things sometimes, but I also say intelligent things sometimes. So that's going to be it for this week's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and I hope that it was somewhat educational. I already said that. Way to be redundant. That's what I am. I don't know how to end these things. Thank you for listening and I'll see you guys next Tuesday. (laughs) All right. Bye.